0: test one two three you know who i be it's your boy dom wall aka moral sp welcome to another amazing episode of embrace more today we'll be talking about food deserts food deserts we are on to our next series on food deserts uh but before we dig in before we get into the main squeeze uh carl and i what's up carl i didn't even say that you was what's here, up? Right. Carl How you is doing?
1: here happy, carl is here happy friday
0: here. Happy Friday. This is being done on Friday. It's weird that we do it on a Friday. Yeah, I'm so happy, bro. I'm so, like, relieved to not be at work. (laughs) These kids, man, they're they're ready for a break. I'm ready for a break. Thanksgiving is coming up, so super excited about that. Um, But we have have a lot of great things to get to on this episode. Uh, We're going on to a new series on food deserts, and... This should be interesting because, yeah, like I even even less than or more so, I guess. I think I know a lot about food deserts. But to be honest, like me being honest, I don't know facts about food deserts. So this should be a huge learning experience. (laughs) I'm going to be exposed this this series. (laughs) I think I Um, feel the same. Yeah. So this should be pretty interesting. But before we get into that. Um, Let's jump into our big facts segment. So out there, if you're listening for the first time, our big facts segment is where we, either me or Carl, will shout out people, organizations or events happening already making a difference in Richmond. This episode shout out goes to Sharice Jones, CEO of Sassy Jones. Um, I was actually, you know, scrolling through the paper and I don't even remember the last time I looked through the paper.
1: It was an actual paper.
0: Yeah, an actual paper, an actual paper. You guys listening can't uh, see this
1: crinkle of paper. Maybe this, this is maybe they this, don't know what,
0: they don't what that understand. sounds like. No, for real. This is not <laughs> this is <laughs> real here. the savings direct, uh, which is a product of the Richmond Times Dispatch, um, printed this on November 2nd, 2022. <clears throat> there is a picture of Sassy Jones. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a picture of Sharice Jones. Um And a little bit about Sassy Jones, Um, it says Sharice started Sassy Jones out of her house and it has grown into a 80 million dollar company. The local store started with a line of clothing and has branched out to include jewelry, accessories, home decor and beauty. Uh, And there's a great big old picture, awesome picture of CEO and founder uh, Sharice Jones. Uh, at her new retail space at Shore Pump Town Center. That is like awesome. Like, I can't wait to actually go and hopefully meet her. Like, honestly, like I don't live too far away from the Shore Pump Town Center. So I would love to go in and be like, oh, my gosh, I saw your face in the paper and I shouted you out of my podcast. Can you be my friend?
1: It's <laughs> <That's> funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to yeah. see uh, the story in the context there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I will have updates um, about Sassy Jones. I would love—I love to to see stuff like that. So, congratulations, Sharice Jones, uh, on your business, on your growth. Super happy for you. Much love from Embrace More Podcasts. Okay, we have our main scre- main squeeze segment, and uh, this part—this is actually going to be part one of our new topic of our new series on food deserts. Part one is the what we know episode out there, y'all. So with no research, Carl and I will discuss this topic from what we just already know. Okay, from what we know, from what we heard, stories that we heard, uh, and we can feel free to be wrong. So please understand that if you do know about this topic and you're listening to this, we haven't researched anything. This is just off of base, everyday brain knowledge on food deserts. And I'm going to be completely honest, and I'm going to really try to stretch myself to mm-hmm. talk about this this topic without really knowing too much about it. Um and the reason being is because I think Carl it's important for us to mimic the journey that people ought to go on because these things exist, right? And conversations can be had out there, you know, the Thanksgiving is coming up. Yeah. And you know, when families get together, they have conversations, and it's important to um, be able to know how to have conversations, healthy conversations. Um, and sometimes you start at base one, and this is what this episode is: is base one. So, <clears throat> uh, first off, we're going to just start by defining what is a food desert. Um, what is a food desert? So, Carl, what is a food desert to you, bro? What do you think it is?
1: Yeah. Well, the definition that I've heard traditionally is that a food desert is an area or community that is at least two miles away from nutrition, like healthy, accessible nutrition, like a grocery store. And I, from what I know, it could be a neighborhood. It could be like a, a whole area of a city. And I think a few of them do exist in the city of Richmond. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I So what is a food desert? I think a food desert, I agree with you. That sounds better than what I was going to say. What I was going <laughs> to say, <laughs> that's what I was going to say is um, just an area, a low, a low economic area that, mm-hmm. you know, there's no grocery stores, which is, I mean, you say grocery stores as well, but um. What I think of is low economic areas that have nothing but like fast food to offer. There's mm-hmm. no grocery stores, there's no corporations to really provide resources for that that part, that community. Um yeah. So that's <laughs> that's the messier version of what you said, but I agree. It's like
1: I like your I like of, your version.
0: Yeah, thinking, uh, I think about nothing being healthy. Like there's food, obviously, there's no food deserts, meaning that there's food everywhere. There's, you know, but like the options aren't beneficial for that community, you know? Mm. Like mm-hmm. I think about, you know, corner stores that, you know, have candy, you know, it's just number candy and chips um, and stuff like that. Um, I think about, Obviously, I said fast food restaurants, processed foods. There's no fresh markets. You know, you don't see any Tom Leonard's or, you know, Whole Foods and stuff like that. You don't see yeah. places where they can get fresh produce and stuff like that. That's what I think. All right. So moving on.
1: I think we nailed that.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was the easy question. We about to get into a hard question. Um where can you find the problem? Where can you find the the matter? Like, what, I guess, what is the problem? And where, like, where is that problem? Uh, and I'm gonna go first this time since you went first last time. <laughs> but uh, where is the problem? Um, I would say the problem with that is that just because people are poor, just because people live in a certain area, and try not to focus on this, but just because people are of a certain race or you know nationality background. They aren't a lot of the same resources that other people are. And I guess it's like. I guess this is me playing devil's advocate. That's awful. I hate devil's advocate. I hate that saying this is me playing the opposite. <laughs> One may say, well, what's the what's what's the wrong with that? You know, like we, we live in America and America is very you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You you work hard and you get a payout based on how hard you work. And if you work hard, then you won't be in these situations to where you're living in a quote unquote food desert. OK, uh, that's not how I feel. But I'm, I'm just saying that to to present. Where they, someone could look at this and be like, "Well, there's no, there's no problem there," hmm. and, and I would say, it, it seems like it's more systematic, in my opinion. You know, it seem it, it doesn't seem like it's, it doesn't seem like the the race is fair. It seems like the race is fixed. You know, um, but that's just my perception. I think the problem is, you know, everyone should get a fair try. And everyone every I mean, if we all live on this earth. We don't have a we don't have a a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we all should be able to enjoy the fruits of this earth. You know what I mean? Um, the resources of this earth. We all deserve to to benefit from it and to have it. I mean, we all are human. We all have the same chances on this rock. So I
1: would say, yeah, that's the problem, in my opinion. Where you find it, yeah. Uh, For me, I think you can find them anywhere. Um, And a lot of the factors that you mentioned there around socioeconomical means, race, are also a factor. Uh, Especially if there's a a history of that area where there's prominently, you know, people of color have been neglected over Mm -hmm. time so of course a lot of the development a lot of the business a lot of the infrastructure has been focused or prioritized to other areas where there's a tax base where there is income and all those things and when you go to those areas they look like my neighborhood um not exactly my house my block but just across the street it's a different neighborhood. It's called Swansboro. Mm-hmm. And that neighborhood is lower income, predominantly people of color. And they, they're in the same situation I am as far as you know food access and nutrition. Yeah. They don't have a grocery store. But that's an area where the houses are a little bit dilapidated. There's a little bit less... Infrastructure focused there, so sidewalks, streets, uh, sewage, plumbing, and all those things, mm-hmm. they're not as well taken care of by the city. Yeah. And, of course, the, the people there are not able to afford it, nor should they, because that's the city property. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add to that fact, in Swansboro, there used to be several grocery stores. Mm. There used to be a U crops. There yeah. used to be a Seagulls Market, and historically, those are really well known grocery stores, local mm-hmm. grocery stores in Richmond. Yeah. And now they're gone. They're just shells, or they're other businesses now, and they're no more. But I think it could also exist in the suburbs mm-hmm. if you have uh, a neighborhood, you know, that's densely populated with subdivisions. I think it's less likely that there'll be a food desert, but that could still exist. Yeah. And we can't say anything about rural areas because they're bound to be by that metric two miles. They're bound yeah. to be far away from those people. Oh yeah, that's a good uh, point. Grocery stores, so that's not even a point. But still, you know, they're they're lower income. They still may have mini Seven Elevens or gas stations or fast food stores mm-hmm. where they're, you know, relying on the nutrition from there, and that contributes to that problem. But it's still. It's still a matter. Yeah. Yeah. And um,
0: I remember a couple of things. For one, I remember a community pride. Do you remember that that uh, grocery store community pride? Vaguely. Uh, I know that there was one near VCU, but I remember that that grocery store specifically with plant itself. It was black owned. Mm hmm. And it was specifically plant itself in places where the the, the need was high, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so instead of people from different communities having to take a bus all the way to a Kroger or Hannafords or Ucrops that was way out of the neighborhood or way out of the way, they can just go to Community Pride, which was closer to where they lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was popping for a little while. Um, but I guess they got bought out or they, they went belly up, um, you know, as we got into the two thousands,
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past, you know, other corporations (laughs) to buy them up just to get rid of the competition. Right. Right. And the thing is they wouldn't even really, well, I I guess they are
0: competition because they're cutting into their, their business market share, market share, but it's just like, you could very easily put a grocery store where they are, Mm -hmm. you know? Or keep the grocery store there. Buy them out and keep the grocery store there. Um, because, it's you know, I'm, I guess I'm thinking about the people and uh, how to, how for it to be fair, you know? Um, I think about different episodes of TV shows. Uh, one being Rock, which was a 90s show, and the, and the other being The Cosby Show, The Cosby Show being more well-known. But they both dealt with, uh, like some of the the characters, the main characters would have to deal with some of the neighborhood folk in having to bus or take two, three buses to get to a grocery store.
1: Mm.
0: You know, and these were '90s shows. You know, the, the Cosby shows. You know, started in the '80s. You know, like so. Like if we're looking at time, you know, this is not a new issue. This isn't a new a new buzzword that just came about. You know. Recently with the new wokeness, like, no, this is an issue that's been around for a long time. Um, Even when, you know, entertainment is kind of throwing it in your face and using it, using the episode times and situational comedy to deal with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I I definitely see this a problem issue. And um, the next question is, who does it impact and how Who does it impact and how? I'll let you go first this time. <laughs> All right, yeah.
1: Uh, I think it affects everybody, uh, especially, so again, Richmond, you just cross the street. It's a different neighborhood. It's a different condition, a different environment altogether. You know, some people would stay away from that block. So block by block, you have different socio- socioeconomical statuses and you have different levels of care and access But even some of the affluent neighborhoods are lacking access to food nutrition. And that's by the means of distance and maybe effort, but maybe not by the means of financial access. I think it's a little bit easier, especially within the last three years with a lot of services that have been developed out of food delivery, ready pickup, all those things. But when it comes to lower socioeconomical and people of color. Yeah. It, it makes it, you know, uh, nigh impossible, nigh possible to get that, you know, they're cost prohibitive by effort. They're cost prohibitive by price, money. And so that those people struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, um, when I think about
0: people, me being honest, trying to be mm-hmm. as transparent as I can. Uh, but I do think about black people. I'm an African-American. So a lot of times, I'm, you know, when I think about struggle or some of these systematic things, I'm like, man, like, these are things that these are issues that get swept under the rug. Um, you know, I'm. You know, I wouldn't say I'm from a food desert uh, because, you know, DC's it, D.C. is lucky to have shoppers. Um and I forgot the other grocery store, but shoppers, there's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in D.C., you know, it's a short walk really to the grocery store. Um, and the communities are not so cul-de-sac-y like they are in Richmond. Um, mm-hmm. The neighborhood, you know, the neighborhoods or the communities are kind of spread. You know, it's D.C. is a true city, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's a little different. But I think about black people that are on the poor side. And uh, I think about children. I think about children a lot, obviously I'm a teacher. So I think about, are my students getting nutrition? Or obviously most of my students, you know, cause some of my students don't live in those different areas, but some of my students do. Uh, and, you know, I think about like, man, like are they getting the nutrition that they need? Cause I, I see a lot of Taki bags I see a lot of candy. I, I talked about this a little bit last series, but, you know, I'm just like, man, is it is it culture? Is it the the, you know, the construct or the systematic stuff that's going on? Um, what is it? And I think about homeless people in Richmond. I think about, you know, like, man, like they, you know, granted, like they don't necessarily have a place to live but they have they work an area they work an area to where they they look for resources and I think about man if it's hard for people who have a home uh, in in food deserts you know' it's, it's almost impossible for those who have you know don't have a home or don't have a place to to rest uh it's even harder to you know have food or find food a lot of times I know sometimes certain um, grocery stores might give out food leftover food or they're able to help in some type of way, you know? Um, So I think about, I think about them and some, some of those select groups. I think about kids, I think about black and Brown people. And I think about the homeless.
1: Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned your kids and the talkie bags and my wife, (laughs) she's calling, she's been on the show before. She's Mm -hmm. a teacher and she thinks about that too. It's been in a number of our conversations where, some of her kids, she's concerned whether they, you know, can pass a test because they're hungry. Their, their mind can't it the physio- physiological aspect of their mind can't really focus yeah. without that energy, right. uh, let alone learn. So if they're, if they're testing under those conditions, if they're learning under those conditions where they're hungry, they're malnourished or yeah. their, their energy is being supplemented by something that's more sugar than, you know. Protein or something else that's sustainable, that's going to affect a whole bunch of people in that environment who are relying on the same thing. And as um, a term I learned recently, associated with your talkie bags or talkies, I don't know what, what they are, but struggle meals, and that's yeah. like back in the day mm-hmm. when i was you know living on my own the only thing i had access to were tortillas and cheese so i make quesadillas <laughs> yeah. you know and people other other people rely relying on things like that too they're just really easy to get and get some yeah. sort of calories into their system so that they can you know get on yeah. to the next next thing yeah i think about oodles
0: and noodles or a cup of noodles you know ramen packs i think about the uh i used to call them like uh, like ghetto pancakes. This is when I lived in the ghetto. So <laughs> I lived, was in living in DC. And we would take bread and put butter on it, or we would toast it, put butter on it, and put some cinnamon and sugar on it, and put syrup on it. And those were like our pancakes. Is that something
1: people come so, up with I, on their own? Because that's exactly know. what we did. We, it was like, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> Stick it right in their toaster. It was so good. But and we mm-hmm. ate it all the time.
0: Like Anytime we was hungry and it wasn't like one, a meal time. That's what we would make most of the time. Um, if it's not a peanut butter and jelly or something like that, but um, I've I've had I've, I used to walk to school and have a baggie of dry cereal because we didn't have any milk. You know, um, I remember certain times where you know it, we didn't have burger buns. We just had sliced bread for the for the for the cheeseburger or the hot dog. You know. I mean, I still do that from time to time now. If I run out of if I run out of buns, I'm gonna just use a slice of bread. <laughs> but I, I just remember those times. You have to struggle through, you know? Yeah. Um and I think honestly, I mean, I didn't think I would get to a hypothesis this episode, but I think I have. And I'm gonna make it um and I, you can have a hypothesis as well. But I would say if if food deserts really exist, I mean I think they do. Um that's why we're talking about them but if food deserts truly exist then it's then that's all of our problem like mm. if food deserts is a thing in the community in any community then all of us ought to be alarmed by that that there are humans that don't get the nourishment and the same resources that we do because i i feel like if if that's the type of care for we have we are having for humans you know it's like man what then that means the same goes for you no one's caring about you because at some point you might be in need you know i think about that like man like they're in need and no one's helping what if i'm ever in need who's going to help me if i'm in need you know um so if i think if 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 food deserts is really a thing, then we all ought to be alarmed by that. We we it, we're all in trouble if that's the, if that's true. That's a that's a problem, you know. That's yeah. a problem if that's true.
1: I'm. I think I'm still forming my hypothesis, but to your point that you know we're all in trouble. Like I said, it affects even people in good schools. Like if they're hungry, mm-hmm. students, you know, taking tests are likely not to pass. And they're like to be likely to be perceived in a certain way, and their opportunities are going to be limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's for sure. Uh, for me, I think if if our communities don't do anything to solve the problem for food deserts, uh, a little different than yours. I don't Mm. deny that they exist or anything like that. But if we don't have a solution to food deserts, then like your, your statement, then we will all be in trouble because we will have low access to nutrition for people and whole communities will be sedentary. They'll be unhealthy, Mm. uh, maybe even morbidly obese or obese to some extent. And that will mean that we just have a generally unhealthy population wherever food deserts do exist. Yeah. Uh, So I'll say it again. So if we do not solve food deserts, our communities will be unhealthy. That's my hypothesis. Got you.
0: Got you. And I'll say mine's again. uh, If food deserts really truly exist, then we're all in trouble. So, so that is our, first episode of our food deserts series. I hope we didn't put our foots in our mouths too much. <laughs> I don't think we did, mm-hmm. but, um, but man, that's, that's what we know just off the top of our brains. You know, um, I know that Gabriella is, uh, going to help us with uh, some of the research and stuff like that. And hopefully we have a guest to talk to. Um, If not, if not, then we will do the research and then we'll bring, we'll come back to you guys and we'll be able to speak intelligently about a lot of things. We'll be able to answer a lot of questions prepared by Gabriella and uh, we'll do it like that. But if we're able, hopefully keep your fingers crossed out there. We'll have a special guest on the, on the pod to be able to talk to us about food deserts. Um, So Stay tuned uh, y'all stay tuned. This is a, stay tuned. This is a great, great topic to dive into uh, and it's it's really helpful, really helpful. Thank you guys so much uh, for checking in with us, uh, riding a wave, uh, checking out season three. Thank you guys so much. Definitely stay tuned and see what we we have next. Uh, please join the conversation. let us know what you know about food deserts. Maybe you're an expert. Reach out to us, teach us, come teach us about, uh, some of these things, you know, reach out to us, join the conversation. You can always, uh, send us a message or follow us on Instagram at embrace underscore podcast or our Reddit page, uh, our backslash embrace underscore M O R. Uh, thank you guys so much for rocking with us and we'll see you next time. Peace.